Hello and welcome to the Truth About Local Government podcast, a podcast aimed at providing a platform to promote the excellent work that the political members and officers of local authorities are doing to overcome the increasing challenges facing the communities across the UK. Additionally, we will be promoting the wider way of career opportunities that exist within local government. We hope this podcast will help drive engagement between the public and local authorities across the UK. Welcome to the episode, and today I'm sitting down with Megan Carter, who is the Regional Director of Faithful and Gould. Before her time, she worked at some very, very uh, uh, interesting organisations in local government, um, Portland City Council, where she was head of major projects. She's a highly experienced programme manager um, who's led across a billion pounds worth of regeneration at Tipna West, which is a leading city centre regeneration market and industry engagement. She works on heritage, uh, feasibility. She uh, is in the industry very well known for being a market expert when it comes to regeneration. So, Megan, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us about local government. I know you're very passionate. Yes, thank you for having me. This is very exciting. It is very exciting. Um, so the first question I have for you is, how did you come to work in local government? Ah, right. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so I came, I originally started my career in the Waitrose John Lewis partnership world, decided to have a bit of a career change and actually joined a, a graduate scheme for Kent County Council. Um, I, I immediately fell in love with local government. I, I think local government is a, a fascinating environment and the project programme management world, which started off as a I'm, I'm, I can get things done has sort of evolved into project and program management. Um, and, and that's sort of how I sort of came across local authorities. And I think until you're in them, you don't realise the broad range of opportunities that they have. Absolutely. I think it's one of those things, isn't it? Because councils haven't got enough money to do what they want to do internally. So let alone on uh, advertising the the scope of an opportunities that exist within it. Because I, I, for a long time, uh, you speak to people who have started out in graduate programs in local government, and it's just amazing how much more experience they have sometimes than people who've gone into maybe a more corporate environment where they've become very specialist at, at certain niches. Um, absolutely, absolutely. I think local government gives you exposure that a lot of other companies don't, and actually you can really progress in local authorities. And it, that exposure piece is really important in the fact that you, you you are witnessing so many of the different functionalities of local government. I think um, you really do, you know, build your experience very quickly. Absolutely. And one of the things that you and I have talked about off air is, is legacy and being able to really deliver for residents. Mm -hmm. um, was that something growing up that was always important to you? Kind of, uh, did you think that would be part of your career? Had that altruistic element of of kind of giving back? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I grew up in a in a farming family, and we were always really told around, you know, being able to grow your own food and and sort of that community piece. And we had a very small farming community, and um, I, I think it is something that's in incredibly important going forward. And I think that's something that any sector interacting with local government has to really understand that this is their legacy this is something that will be there for their residents their residents children their residents grandchildren um and it is so important to get those relationships and the and the deliverables right um because it, it that legacy piece is is so important it's something that we really do lose sight of and that's something that i've been really impressed with just being candid about the way in which you know even though you've made to switch to the dark side. Um, I still yeah. very much, um, I've been very impressed with the way in which, you know, you're very much supporting the sector um, and, and really having, because obviously you've worked in, in local government for, you know, you know, circa coming up to a decade, you know, you, mm -hmm. you, you know 
how hard it is um and and therefore you can do a great service but what do you think they're just going back then what what are the what are the main challenges you think that are facing local authorities at the moment I mean, money is a is a is a huge aspect of that. You know, sixty plus percent of the budgets in local government will now be being spent on children's uh, social care and adult social care. And you know, how do you budget for children or or families that need support coming into your area um, that you may not have expected to be there? So that's such a huge challenge that you can't necessarily budget or or expect. However good the predictions may be, you just never know. So I think money's massive. I think retaining talent is going to be something going forward that's actually quite important for local authorities when I've had lots of conversations with different authorities about how what they're doing to keep and, and nurture that talent um, going forward. So I think that's something that could come up as a bit of a, a challenge over the next few years. Not that I don't think, I think they really can nail it. I think they can really hold on to young talent um, and, and be able to progress within local authorities is something I'm super passionate about. Um, I think that the other challenge for local government is, you know, you've got changes potentially coming up next year. So there's a political aspect that always provides a bit of a challenge and that officer member relationship could be really challenging for people following the elections next year and, and how both sides really do get the best out of the, each, each other and sort of set out how they want to work in in that relationship absolutely i mean it, it, talking specifically about regeneration and the built environment that obviously is your area of expertise mm. how challenging is it because obviously portsmouth have done some really impressive pieces of work how hard is it to make to, to make things happen and to deliver schemes at the moment for local government you know leaders within the built environment yeah, it, it's so difficult. I think there's such, you know, such ambition in local authorities to deliver amazing places. You know, we we are talking about car free. We are talking about completely green. You know, this this isn't stuff that local government doesn't want to do. They want to provide great social housing. They want to do, they really want to do great things. And I think sometimes they're forgotten. They're they're the ones spearheading some of this amazing change that we're looking for within our communities and regeneration. What I would say is that viabilities are through the floor. Viability is really really tough how do you make all this add up on pen and paper getting that um you know that level of security from the market going forward and, and being able to keep the market on that journey with you as you might be going through the various different requirements that local government has so i think that that market relationship something that's really really important um and i think you need kind of your place to fund your people so there's that permanent pressure of how do you balance the two um i think some local authorities have challenges of you know elections every year they don't have a majority there is that political element that we can't lose sight of uh, which does provide sort of sometimes quite a challenging environment um but those would sort of be my my headlines of, of why regeneration can be so difficult at the moment it's it's a really tough market out there absolutely i mean you talked about that challenge and you know in terms of, of tackling that head-on you know what did you enjoy uh, about working for a local authority you know you obviously worked at you know kent county council west sussex and then portsmouth was where the predominant of your uh, your your experience came from. What did you enjoy about working for a local authority? So I, I people ask me this question quite a lot, as though they they are shocked that I I really do love local government. Um, I I think the most incredible thing about local government is is one the breadth of services that they they do and they deliver and the passion within those services i've had you know the absolute honor of being able to work across children's adults hr regeneration um and the thing that always strikes me is people's passion for their topic and passion for their communities and uh, is something that you know is, is just remarkable when you really can witness it i is <laughs> i love the the you can be going one way and something can throw you off whether that is an election whether that that is a change in legislation, whether that is a, a 
pandemic, whatever it might be. I, I love, I think local authorities, if you can survive in local government, you can survive anywhere. They are such complicated environments to work with, you know, and you sit down with new starters and you say, look, this is how we run as an organisation. This is what councils do, councils are. You say that out loud, it's remarkable what councils do and what they are. So I, I love being a part of those types of organisations. Um, and I think as well, you know, I, I have been able and really lucky to be able to be surrounded by an amazing people in local government officers members and and i've been able to really progress in local authorities and i'm passionate about young people getting in you know in portsmouth we always had t-level students every year they'd spend 12 weeks with us we've always had apprentices we've always had grads uh, i'm i i think local government is a fantastic place to start your career um and progress in a, in you know you can't necessarily do in other organizations Absolutely. I mean, for those, you know, uh, people that are just starting out in local government or considering making a transition, what advice do you have for them about how to get ahead in local government? Because just for context, guys, in 2019, in February, Megan joined Portsmouth as project manager and she was promoted in the next four years and seven months, five times. So that that's just, you know, it's phenomenal. But what would you say, what's the advice to to succeeding in a local government career? I think um, no organisation would be one of my, one of my first things. Really understand the organisation that you're in. I think there's been a few local authorities where I've either interacted or, or worked in where you know we don't sit down and do the do you understand what a local authority is? You know we just assume people work in local government. They know what it's all about. Do they understand the unitary? Do they understand how you know you've got really interesting things happening in the north that you're seeing local authorities operate in completely different ways? So really really know your organisation and and your industry. I don't think necessarily we take enough time to do that. I would say as well. Um, local government is all about passion and, and energy and um I, I really do think just just bring that in abundance i think um one of the things you, you're always taught you know have you got a degree have you got this have you got that have, you know what are the letters that are after your name and actually local government really just allows really great people to progress and i think that's something that they really nurture is great people can work in these organizations and develop and i i have always asked for things i have always asked uh she wants to get involved in the podcast too long to select. <laughs> let's get her in she's, she's all over it gosh she's had me say this so many times um where was i what was i talking about so we're just talking about energy so coming in with the right yes. energy the right purpose yeah. Absolutely. So that energy and purpose piece is so important in the fact that um, I've always gone and asked. I've always said, oh, can I go to this? Can I go and listen to this person? There's a there's a wealth of knowledge out there about local government. Um, and I think going and asking your managers, your senior officers, you know, I want to learn, I want to go and progress in my career. That's an environment where actually I've always found that's been the, the, the right thing to do. And, and it's been really embraced by senior officers around me. I think that's it, because, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether you've been working for 10 years or for one year or for 50 years. Having an energy to engage is what separates people who you know are going to go at a steady pace or someone that's going to go up the ladder. I mean, my question to yourself, then, Megan, is you, you're obviously so passionate about what, you know, what local authorities do and um, the scope of what they look after. Why did you move to the private sector? Um. My my move to the dark side is I keep being told by local government colleagues. Um, so. Uh, 
It's really, it's really interesting. I, I have worked obviously a lot in regeneration over the last few years of my career. And what has struck me is the relationship between the two, the private and that public sector. And it's something that everyone talks about. It's something that everyone's, you know, we're looking at like events like UK Reef, you know, bringing the two sectors together. And there's so much about it. And I felt in order to understand local authorities better and to be able to help them in a far more effective way, um, I needed to see the other side of the coin and understand how that operates and understand how consultancy can really work in a productive way with local government and how best to approach that. So I'm hoping that working in the private sector will just just completely shift my focus and, and understand how the two sides can best work together I, I feel like you have to understand both worlds in order to in order to uh, progress and to make the most out of those relationships the two sectors do need each other and I think consultancy needs to come to the table understanding what local government needs and I think local government needs to come to this table understanding what they want as a client and being able to really articulate that in a in a way that is the language of the private sector so actually you can sit there and get the most out of your legacy piece. Absolutely. In terms of your decision to go to F&G, I don't know if you're if you're able to to kind of like talk about why you chose to go to F&G. I mean, they're obviously a very well respected brand in the market, but with your passion for for delivering and partnership, you know, what what was it that drew you to that to working for F&G as the person to as an organization to step into and learn, you know, how, how to work on the private sector side? Yeah, um, for me, F&G have always been very human. So, you know, when you work in local government, particularly like I did, or potentially project management as well, you, you're not necessarily an expert. And when I came into regeneration in Portsmouth, I was not a, an expert in regeneration. I'll hold my hand up and say I, I absolutely was not. F&G never made me feel like I was an uninformed client. They sat, they spent the time with me, they helped me, uh, they sort of explained the processes and how things work and they never ever made me feel like I didn't know what I was doing when actually they were trying to teach me about a whole world of regeneration and there were definitely other consultancies alongside them I was really lucky to have a team of fantastic consultants at Portsmouth um, but actually F&G really brought that human element which I felt was really important and as a local authority I felt F&G really understood um, us as an organisation but I'd like to be able to help F&G push that further and, and really you know talk to them about how local government works and, and how we can best combine the two worlds absolutely absolutely so i guess the question we ask everybody on this podcast is um why is local government important would you say local government is one of the most important uh, establishments in our society i think um, one, they there is there is no other organisation in the community. There's there's fantastic charity sectors and things like that, but the the the, the remarkable uh, uh, the thing that really strikes me for local government is. They, they have all that passion and that really broad cross-sector um, knowledge of, of their community, which I think is, is is brilliant. The amount of services they offer, I think, you know, that's not to be underestimated. These are really complex organisations. And having watched the authority, and I wasn't heavily involved in the COVID, um, you know, elements, but... I watched an authority absolutely swing into action and, and it is remarkable how, you know, fundamental these organisations are to our communities. Um, and I think local government is important to um, really open your eyes to the world of the public sector. I think they're fantastic organisations to be a part of and um, communities really don't understand where they would be without them. I think they are remarkable organisations. 
And I've said the last question, but this is actually my final last question, and it's <laughs> to do with your technical expertise around projects. There's a constant need at the moment for innovation, for getting more uh, output from less resource. Mm-hmm. Within regeneration and project management, is there anything that you've learned from the private sector that you think councils could learn to make a process more efficient or to bring more, more likely to bring projects from feasibility and discussion um, or from a funding pot through to actual, you know, uh, s- schemes on the ground, you know, spades in the ground going ahead? Uh, in my first uh, three weeks. Uh, what so, 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 that's yeah. completely unfair of me. Rephrase it then. Not necessarily so, about your role, but what do you think of the, of the the factors moving forwards that we'll see the most impact on regeneration? Is it AI? Um, could AI feature in terms of uh, how, how projects are run? Do you think that the funding, you know, how funding at the moment is awarded across the country could be changed slightly? I mean, what I'm trying to tease out from you there, really, Megan, is just if there's anything that you think to be tweaked to make make it easier for councils that it, it is possible to actually action yeah um I, I think there's various things i mean ai i probably would say after watching terminator 2 is scares the daylights out of me but um i i think there's lots i think better access to funding and really understanding uh, the relationship you know you look at things like the free ports and that's brought a really interesting dynamic to regions and how they work together across authorities i think there's a real opportunity there um i i think I generally, you know, being a project program manager, I probably would say this, but I generally think there is a a real value to good project program management, not overcomplicated, not thousands of documents, not risk registers that go on as long as, you know, scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, information that's really live, really relevant. And I think the beauty of the private sector is they can bring in that expertise and then the public sector can provide the people that understand the organisation between the two and just being really um really well project managed I, I do think there's an opportunity there but you know local government definitely needs better funding better routes to funding opportunities they need more time to craft bids and things like that things are quite quick they come through oh bid for this and you've got four weeks and you think oh my goodness that's a lot of resource a lot of and they don't necessarily have the ability to do that or you know some of them do but it's it's just not long enough to really get the right bids in the right time um there's various different things but for, for me i would say Initially, uh, I've been impressed with the um, the level of really comprehensive project and program management that keep, keep things moving. But um, I, I think the other thing to flag and something that's kind of lost sight of all the time is really great stakeholder engagement. So whenever I've tripped up in my career, it's normally been because of a, a stakeholder engagement piece or something that's gone wrong. Um, and people think that's just a survey or a roadshow or it's, it's really not really good stakeholder engagement, encouraging those relationships, being able to stand in front of whoever it might be in the organisation. Um, people are so much this, you know, I find they can be really rational. It's it's just being able to have the right people to talk to, information that's concise, digestible. But it comes back to that human element that I'm super passionate about. Just think about how you would want to be treated and, and treat people in the same way. And I think that's where really great stakeholder engagement could be quite a turning point. Because even if you can't do something, people need to know why you can't. And if they can articulate that, it's really, you know, that's all part of that journey that you have to take them on. Well, uh, F&G have done very well to secure such a, a, a you know, a bright leader for our, our local government authorities' future. So, Megan, thank you so much for for your time uh, and, and for um, and for speaking so passionately um, about your subject. Um, just a quick one: What's your dog's name? 
My dog's name is Babs. She is Barbara Streisand to her to her friends and when she's been in trouble. And uh, she's an absolute diva. And I just, I just don't know where she gets it from. I just don't know. My, I'm not too <laughs> sure. But yeah, she's, uh, yeah, she's Babs and she uh, yeah has a lot, a lot of conversations about local government. We'll, we'll be reaching out to Babs' agent to get him on the podcast. But um, no, in all seriousness, it's been lovely talking to you. Um, thank and thank you. you very much for your time. Thanks very much, Matt. Thank you. Well, at home, thank you for listening. As always, make sure you subscribe, like and share and uh, tune in for episodes coming up this week. Thank you for now. You have been listening to the Truth About Local Government podcast. Remember, your local council does some amazing work, but you can help. So remember to vote and be engaged with the work they're doing. If you like this podcast, please like, share and give a five-star review. If you would like to feature on the podcast, have any shout-out of excellent work being done by a local authority or have any topics you would like covered, please email me at truthaboutlocalgovernment at gmail.com. Truth About Local Government. Local government is at the heart of what we do. Truth About Local Government podcast is proud to endorse SUSO, a charity set up to support people from disadvantaged and diverse backgrounds finding roles in entry-level positions within local government legal services. If you are interested in supporting this course, please find details in the link below. SUSO, stand up, speak out.